Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Biolabs podcast series. Today, we again invited our old friend David to our program. Thank you for joining us, David. Thanks for having me. In recent years, hematopoietic stem cell transplantation is broadly used to treat patients with various hematological diseases. Despite substantial progress has been made, many challenges may limit the efficacy of the transplantation, including the occurrence of graft-versus-host disease, the susceptibility of patients to opportunistic infections, as well as the relapse of malignant tumors after the transplantation. So today we are going to discuss some novel treatments for leukemia. David, where do we start? How about we start with 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase? It is a heme-iron-containing monomeric protein as well as a key immune-modulatory enzyme that catalyzes the first and rate-limiting step of tryptophan catabolism. What is its role in the treatment of leukemia? 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase is normally expressed at a relatively low level in the body. While during some events like bacterial or viral infections, organ transplants, tumors, autoimmune diseases, and pregnancy, its expression level increases significantly. Actually, its expression has been demonstrated to play an important role in allogeneic fetal tolerance, tumor tolerance, and downregulation of autoimmunity in various researches. These immunosuppressive functions make 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase an interesting target for transplantation. So, 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase can promote immunosuppression. And how does 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase affect the immune system? Overexpression of 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase by antigen-presenting cells can lead to immunosuppression and reduce T-cell responses. So it is currently believed that its high expression is one of the important factors, leading to the body's immune tolerance to tumors. Various in vitro and in vivo studies have shown that 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase inhibits the proliferation of T-cells and the immune response mediated by T-cells. In other words, monitoring the level of 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase activity is expected to become a clinical indicator for the treatment and prognosis of leukemia patients. Meaning that the development of a competitive inhibitor of 2,3-indolamine dioxygenase activity can bring hope to cure leukemia. It is exciting. Next, let's talk about gene therapy. In recent years, gene therapy has been shown to be effective in some patients, but its use has been limited by the development of malignancy due to insertional mutagenesis caused by the retroviral vector. Can you tell us how gene therapy works? Sure. Gene therapy is basically through the transduction of CD34-positive hematopoietic progenitor cells with a retroviral vector containing a functional version of the gene. However, this treatment is not available for all patients. As you mentioned before, 
The retroviral vector may cause insertional mutagenesis. So which group of patients can gene therapy be used for? There is a recent report described the safety and feasibility of gene therapy in severe combined immune deficiency patients with deficiency in adenosine deaminase. In one study, there were 10 patients with severe combined immune deficiency due to adenosine deaminase deficiency, and they were infused with autologous CD34 positive cells transduced with a retroviral vector containing the adenosine deaminase gene after non-myeloablative conditioning. The exciting part was that after a median of four years of follow-up, all patients were alive and eight of them no longer require enzyme replacement therapy. That is really exciting. Moving to the last part of our discussion, we know that RNA interference technology also takes part in leukemia treatment. Since RNA interference technology can specifically eliminate or turn off the expression of specific genes, it has been widely used to explore gene function and the treatment of infectious diseases and malignant tumors, including leukemia. In general, how do we use RNA interference to treat leukemia? Well, in terms of cancer treatment, an ideal target for a therapeutic approach would be a gene that plays an important role in tumor biology. In other words, this target is exclusively expressed in the tumors, but not in normal cells. Based on this, leukemic fusion genes could be good targets for RNA interference technology. That makes sense. Are there clinical disease models being studied? For sure, yes. There is a type of leukemia called chronic myeloid leukemia. Let's use it as an example. Chronic myeloid leukemia is a relatively well-differentiated myeloproliferative disorder, originating from transformed hematopoietic stem cells. Has the pathogenesis of the disease been clearly elucidated? To some extent. The disease mainly arises as a consequence of a rare mutational event, resulting in a reciprocal translocation between the long arms of chromosomes 9 and 22. This translocation creates the chimeric oncogene BCRABL with the protein product BCRABL, a constitutively active tyrosine kinase. That makes cells proliferate excessively, so that cell regulation is disturbed. Do you think such fusion oncogenes would fulfill the requirement of an ideal target? Yes, many studies have shown that RNA interference targeting the fusion gene BCRABL or AMLEDO can bring about leukemia cell proliferation in vitro and in vivo. This may become a useful strategy for eliminating leukemic cells, whether used alone or in combination with other therapies. In addition to RNA interference technology, the introduction of anti-fusion proteins short hairpin RNA into autologous CD34-positive hematopoietic stem cells for transplantation into humans could be an attractive approach to eliminate fusion proteins that are required for leukemic cell proliferation and survival. Short hairpin RNA is able to turn off the expression of specific target genes like small interfering RNA as well, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Short hairpin RNA is another example. Some scientists constructed lentivirus-based gene transfer vectors to deliver anti-HIV-1 small hairpin RNAs to CD34-positive progenitor cells and the constitutive expression of short hairpin RNAs in immature and mature lymphoid and myeloid cells leads to the kinase inactivity in most cells. Let's go back to small interfering RNA. What efforts have researchers made with this RNA? 
Researchers use CERNA to prevent the expression of the killer cell immunoglobulin-like receptor so that human leukocyte antigen class 1 molecules and NK cells can be inhibited. Silencing the expression of KIRs may lead to the generation of a large number of alloreactive NK cells for adaptive cancer immunotherapy. In addition to KIRs, RNA interference can be used to downregulate the expression of human leukocyte antigen expression. This inhibition could help to overcome limitations imposed by extensive human leukocyte antigen polymorphism that limits the availability of suitable donors. That's it for our discussion today. Thanks David for bringing us all the great information. And thanks everyone for listening. We will see you next week.